Welcome to Star Wars in 10. Now hit the intro. <laughs> What's going on, Far Far Away family? How's everyone doing today? I hope everything is going great on your side of the galaxy. Nothing all that new out here on the Outer Rim. Okay, one thing that was amazing that happened over this weekend, and it was that the Lightsaber Radio did their cosplay celebration day video. And it was awesome. So many wonderful cosplayers came out and told their story. It gave me a whole new appreciation of cosplay. The love and satisfaction that this art has. No words can explain the feeling it gave. How someone can relate to a character so much that it inspires them to recreate that character and then share that character with the rest of the world. Through a character that they had seen in a movie or a TV show. It just gave me an amazing feeling. And I am so glad that they did this show. It really opened my eyes to a whole new world. Okay, I gotta stop talking about this. It's gonna get me all mushy and stuff. Plus, we got a story to get to. Because when we finished on Friday, Sarah had just asked Master Oba a very important question. How do the Jedi know all the Sith are dead? Because there were rumors one had survived. Now, I think Master Oba is about to explain how they know. But let's find out. With slow, plodding steps, he crossed the room and opened the door leading back out to the hall. The three Jedi who had escorted them there were all sitting cross-legged on the ground, silently meditating. They scrambled to their feet upon seeing the Ithorian emerge. You may return to your regular duties. Yes, Master, they replied, bowing in unison. Dismissed, the Jedi headed up the stairs to whatever tasks awaited them in the higher floors of the tower. Moving at a pace so languid it bordered on maddening, Oba led the way back down to the base of the tower and out into the gardens where at long last he stopped. They stood before one of the many monuments raised in the garden. This particular one was a white block of stone, a meter and a half high and nearly twice as wide. The handles of five lightsabers were inlaid on the face of the stone. Beneath each was a small engraved portrait presumably an image of the lightsaber's owner. Beneath this, in larger letters, was the following. In honor of those who fell beneath the blade of the last Dark Lord of the Sith, may their memories live on to remind us of what is lost. There is no emotion. There is peace. There is no death. There is the Force. Jedi Master Valentine Farfalla. Jedi Master Raskta Lasu. Jedi Master Waror Domat, Jedi Knight Johan Othon, Jedi Knight Saro Zaj, Kaleeb of Ambria. When her eyes fell upon the last name of the list, Sarah felt her knees grow weak. Speechless, she could only stare at the monument, her mind unable to make sense of what she was seeing. What is this? Lucia asked, echoing her mistress's confusion. Why'd you bring us here? Ten years ago, Master Valentine Farfalla learned that a Dark Lord of the Sith had somehow survived the Thought Bomb on Rusan. Acting on a tip, he quickly assembled the team of Jedi you see honored on this monument to try to apprehend the Dark Lord. They followed him into the Deep Core and confronted him on the world of Tython. None of the Jedi survived. Did you know them well? Lucia wondered aloud, 
still following Sarah's instructions to ask questions at every opportunity. I knew Master Waror and Master Valentine back when we were all Padawans. We served together in Lord Hoth's Army of Light during the war against Lord Khan's Brotherhood of Darkness. For several seconds there was silence. Oba lost in his memories, and Sarah still too stunned to speak. It was Lucia who broke the spell, asking yet another question. The last name, Kalib of Ambria? I remember hearing it back during the war. He was a healer, wasn't he? He was. In the battle against the Jedi and Tython, the Dark Lord was grievously injured. He went to Ambria in search of the one man with the knowledge to heal his wounds. But Kalib refused to help him. In her mind's eye, everything became clear to Sarah. As her father had predicted, the man in black armor had returned. As before, he had come to try to compel Kalib to work his art. As before, Kalib had resisted. This time, however, her father had the upper hand. Having sent her daughter away, there was nothing the Sith could do to compel him to cooperate. What happened? When the healer refused, she whispered, her eyes still transfixed on her father's name etched into the base of the stone. Nobody knows for certain. What we do know is that shortly after the Dark Lord arrived, Kalib sent out a message alerting the Jedi Council. He told them the last of the Sith was at his camp on Umbria, injured and virtually helpless. He wanted the Jedi to come capture him. Why would he do that? Lucia wondered. I seem to remember hearing that Kalib refused to take sides in the war. Didn't have much use for the Jedi or the Sith. He did not always agree with the philosophies of our order, but he was a good and moral man. The war was long over by this point, but his conscience would not suffer evil to endure without taking action. He knew if he let the Sith leave, sooner or later, more innocents would suffer. Upon receiving the message, the Council sent a team led by Master Thonatu out to Umbria. I was one of the Jedi chosen to accompany him. Unfortunately, by the time we arrived at the camp, Kalib was dead. How? Sarah asked, her voice low and devoid of all emotion. The Dark Lord learned about the message. Driven mad by Kalib's betrayal, his injuries and the corruption of the Dark Side, he butchered the healer, hewing him limb from limb. By the time we arrived, the Dark Lord had gone completely insane. He was still lurking around the camp, and he rushed out to attack us. One man against an army of Jedi. Master Thonatu was forced to cut him down to protect his own life. Sarah's father had been right. He had known the black armored man would return. He had sensed the danger, and he had sent his daughter away. He had saved her life at the cost of his own, and in so doing, he had helped destroy the man Sarah feared more than any other. A flood of emotion swept through her. Relief, guilt, sorrow. 
Shame. The next part starts off with Master Oba taking Sarah and Lochia to a monument in the Jedi Garden. This is when Sarah learns what happened to her father, how the Dark Lord had came to him for help, just as Kaleeb had predicted he would. But this time, the Sith had nothing to threaten him with, the whole reason Kaleeb had sent Sarah away. Then Kaleeb had sent a message to the Jedi, warning them of the surviving Dark Lord and where he was at. But by the time the Jedi had got there, the Sith Lord had killed Kaleeb and gone mad. Then he had attacked the Jedi that were forced to cut him down. And that's where this part came to an end. Now let's get to the quote for this week, and it comes to us from Michelle Obama. She said, you may not always have a comfortable life and may not always be able to solve all the world's problems at once, but don't ever underestimate the importance you can have because history has shown us that courage can be courageous and hope can take on a life of its own. Just ponder that. Basically what she is saying, life isn't always fair. Sometimes life is really hard and you can't carry the world on your shoulder, but don't look at yourself like you are unworthy because you are important. It only takes a little hope to spark that courage that will give you the power to change the world. Take the Rebel Alliance. That little spark of hope gave them the courage to conquer the Empire. And it will take for you to believe in yourself and have enough hope in your heart that will give you the courage to fight for your dreams to come true. Okay, that's all I got for this episode. Join us tomorrow for the next part of this story. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars in 10. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening and may the force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Keen Eye Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs>